Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hold, hold on a second. I'm writing an email. I'm writing an email to Amy. Producer Amy, explore what it would take for me to get my flu shot on the air. Send. You got that, Amy? Uh, sorry, uh, I got distracted. I got an email uh, during the break uh, letting me know that uh, it was just a reminder, uh, Lee, it's time to get your flu shot. And uh, I remember last year, about this time, it was uh, producer Amy got her flu shot here on the air, and uh, I am uh, a flu shot advocate. And so uh, maybe we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll get my flu shot here on the air. We can share that experience uh, together. And I will use it as an opportunity to say, please, could you get vaccinated? Yeah, the flu shot's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, uh, sorry. That's a, a total distraction. Didn't mean to, to go down that road. I should, have, I should have had that email written before we came back from the break. This morning started with some interesting news. It was uh, just before 9 o'clock, there was a, a tweet sent out by Senator Mitt Romney. And he was making it known uh, that he would, in fact, be uh, adhering to the Constitution, as as he put it. Let me pull it up here. I'll read it to you exactly as he wrote it. And then I want to share with you some of the details of a conversation between uh, myself and Senator Romney that happened uh, earlier uh, today. Mitt Romney said this. Well, first off, the background, of course you know it, uh, but it is in this decision that must be made here by uh, the United States Senate, uh, as to whether or not to uh, advise, advise and uh, consent to the president's Supreme Court nomination, which we expect to come on Saturday, uh, there are there have been a handful of U.S. senators where uh, their support was kind of in question. It wasn't exactly known uh, how uh, they would be uh, moving forward. I, I think of uh, people like uh, Lisa Murkowski and Collins uh, and Mitt Romney found himself in that same pool of unknowns. And, well, uh, this morning he has put any uh, sense of the unknown to rest and made it very clear uh, that he has made a decision. I'll read to you what he distributed this morning. My decision, this is Mitt Romney speaking, my decision regarding a Supreme Court nomination is not the result of a subjective test of fairness, which, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. It is based on the immutable fairness of following the law, which in this case is the Constitution and precedent. The historical precedent of election year nominations is that the Senate generally does not confirm an opposing party's nominee, but does confirm a nominee of its own. I especially like the rationale uh, present in this next paragraph, again from Mitt Romney as he communicates his decision regarding a Supreme Court nomination. Uh, Romney continues, The Constitution gives the president the power to nominate and the Senate the authority to provide advice and consent on Supreme Court nominees. Accordingly, and here's the meat, I intend to follow the Constitution and precedent in considering the president's nominee. If the nominee reaches the Senate floor, I intend to vote based on upon their qualifications. 
Now, I don't mean to gloat, and I don't pretend to uh, believe that Senator Romney tunes into my humble little radio program each day uh, to to get advice. Uh, But what he is describing here and his rationale for looking forward to a vote should one come on the Senate floor and expressing his willingness and intention to cast a vote, doing so based on the powers afforded the, Constitu- afforded the Senate in the Constitution is exactly the argument I made yesterday. And I'll repeat it for you today. We are, for the next number of weeks, it's already started, and it's going to continue. For the next number of weeks, we are going to hear uh, just a whole mess of noise coming from the left, from the right, from the Senate, from all directions, we were going to be hearing uh, about how the other side has got this just all wrong and how that they uh, are hypocrites and they don't understand fairness and we are disrespecting the memory of such a great and powerful trailblazing woman. Uh, Well, you see, that is, as I said yesterday, nothing but noise. It is all noise. Senator Romney understands, as I shared yesterday, that there is a North Star in all of this. There is quite literally a rule book for all of this, and it's the Constitution. The Constitution empowers the president to make the nomination and empowers the United States Senate to offer advice and consent on that nomination. It is no more complicated than that. It is no more complicated than that. If you need more, uh, Senator Romney expressed a little bit more. There is precedent for this. But even regardless of precedent, the Constitution allows for the process which is underway right now and which, according to the president, uh, will take a big step on Saturday when he announces uh, from the White House, he says, uh, who will be his selection. Uh, Likely to be a woman, he has uh, communicated. And uh, because of the the COVID talk of earlier, I was looking forward to getting into some of the backgrounds of a few of the potential nominees. Uh, One of them has a very interesting connection uh, to Senator Romney. Uh, let me uh, just pull this down and get back to my notes. There is one of the uh, one of the potential nominees, uh, a very young woman, uh, 38 years old. She, uh, in 2012, served on the legal team for the Romney for uh, President uh, campaign and uh, working on arranging some conversations with individuals, Utahns, who worked with her during that effort just to get a better sense of uh, who she is, what skills she brings to the table, and if uh, you know, at least from a layman's perspective, if she uh, demonstrates uh, what seem to be qualifications for appointment to the Supreme Court. Uh, but that'll have to wait. Right now, though, I want to share with you some of the details of a, a conversation that took place earlier this morning between myself, Senator Romney, and a few other members of the media. One of the first questions asked of the senator uh, was about what he's looking for in uh, the candidate. The senator made it known he's going to vote. Should a nominee make it to the Senate floor? Uh, Senator Romney was asked if there's anything specific to Utah you would like to see in this next candidate. I would like to see a person who uh, reflects the values of Utah and the nation, uh, an individual of unquestioned uh, scholarship uh, and intellectual capacity, and an individual who believes in following the law as it is written uh, and the Constitution as it was written. Uh, and uh, I hope we will find that in the president's nominee. A constitutionalist with Utah values. Constitutionalist with Utah values. That's what Senator Romney is looking for in American values. Senator Romney is looking for uh, in uh, Canada. Uh, so looking forward to that. Now, there is, of course... You heard me mention when I was rattling off examples of the noise we may encounter. There are many, many shouts of hypocrisy 
in, in the comparison between what is transpiring right now or what appears or what is predicted to transpire uh, here, the president nominating a, uh, uh, you know, an individual for the office uh, happening in an election year, and then the Senate uh, taking it up in an election year with pretty close proximity to uh, the election itself. Uh, there are those that look back a few years to uh, the time when uh, Antonin Scalia passed away. Uh, and anyway, Senator Romney was asked about uh, the comparisons between uh, those two situations. What happened uh, when President Obama uh, uh, nominated Merrick Garland and the Senate declined? What's the what should we be looking to then to better guide our behavior now? Uh, the senator responded. The Garland decision was consistent with precedent and with history. Uh, whether or not that was a decision you agree with uh, is a different matter. I wasn't there and, and will not uh, provide an opinion about whether it was a good decision or bad one, but it certainly was consistent with precedent and was not a new precedent. Uh, I, when asked in, the, in 2018 during my campaign whether I believed the Garland decision was now a precedent which must be followed. I said no. Um, the, uh, uh, the 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 precedent has been, in fact, uh, has been set over uh, our entire history. Uh, it is also um, uh, the case that uh, a nominee provided by a individual of one's own party, a president of one's own party, uh, is typically confirmed, but not always. So the decision today will be based upon the qualifications of the nominee. Um, uh, so, so I do not believe that the Garland decision was a, um, a, a an aberration or a departure from precedent. It was instead consistent with precedent. I agree with that. I agree with that 100 percent. And I'm glad that that understanding has uh, led him today to the decision which he has announced. Uh, we're going to take a break in a moment. When we come back, I want to talk to you uh, about some of the added questions I asked of the senator. So you heard mention that he uh, found himself in the midst of a, a pool of kind of on-the-fence senators. Uh, now, Senator Romney said, and you'll hear him in his own words describe the timeline of his decision-making, said that he arrived at the decision which he publicized today uh, a number of days ago. All right, And it hasn't been that many days since you know, Friday evening when we learned of the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And so it, uh, it wasn't too long after her passing that Senator Romney uh, had landed on this as his uh, decision on how to move forward. I, I spoke to him about that uh, and about uh, who he had spoken to. I asked if he had any communication with uh, the president, with uh, Leader McConnell with uh, Minority Leader Schumer or anyone else. And he, he answered, and, and he did have some communications uh, which uh, informed his decision. He also, uh, interestingly enough, has had a conversation with Paul Ryan. Remember Paul Ryan? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's uh, back in this storyline. And I'll share with you next what Senator Romney had to say about his uh, interactions with uh, other members of the Senate, some of his colleagues uh, and staff, and even with his own family. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. And this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Two big news stories really today. One, the revelation that Utah Senator Mitt Romney will participate in a confirmation of the uh, of whoever the president of the United States nominates to fill the vacancy left by uh, now the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He uh, will, uh, under the authority vested in him by the United States Constitution, consider any uh, nomination which comes to the floor of the United States Senate and cast a vote based on merits. Uh, that vote, uh, as 
as I had a chance to discuss it with Senator Romney uh, this morning, uh, will come after much study and evaluation. Uh, interestingly enough, one of the uh, individuals on the, the short list uh, for nomination by the, the president is a, a woman, uh, a relatively young woman, uh, in terms of the history of those who have served on the Supreme Court, uh, 38 years old, uh, right now, a woman named Allison Jones uh, Rushing. She is currently uh, sitting uh, on the Fourth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals. She was uh, in 2012, interestingly enough, and there's a connection here, Romney. In 2012, she served as uh, an attorney working uh, on the legal team of the 2012 Romney for President campaign. And uh, I will admit uh, that I didn't know that uh, when I was speaking to uh, Senator Romney, so I didn't have a chance to ask him about uh, that potential uh, candidate specifically. So uh, I'm going to have to look for an opportunity to to, to see what he thinks specifically uh, about Miss Rushing uh, there uh, as she, uh, along with a handful of others, are on the short list. Uh, depending on the news outlet or your source, uh, it's either a short list of three or four or five. I've been focusing uh, on three. Anyway, uh, that's all tangential. There's an interesting little uh, another Utah connection uh, there, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see if it uh, informs Senator Romney's decision should uh, that individual be nominated by the president on Saturday. Uh, before we go back to. Before we get back to what Senator Romney had to say here this morning, I do want to let you know that uh, you've heard this already, and I'm sure you could have predicted this to be the attitude of Senator Lee, but it came after our show ended yesterday. So uh, if this is your sole source of information, uh, first off, thank you. I'm flattered. And second, here is what Senator uh, Mike Lee had to say uh, in a written statement that in 2016, uh, President Obama nominated a replacement for Justice Scalia. And my Senate colleagues and I gave our advice and consent on the nominee, consistent with the Constitution, by rejecting him. This year, President Trump will nominate a replacement for Justice Ginsburg and, consistent with the Constitution, we will again give our advice and consent. If we like the nominee, we will confirm her. If we don't, we won't. It's that simple. Tomorrow, Senator Lee will be a guest on this program. If you have any questions for the senator, would you text them to me? Uh, maybe help inform our, our conversation. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, let me know what you would have me ask of Senator Lee. Uh, uh, and also, you have any response? What do you think about Senator Romney's announcement? Does it surprise you? Are, are you pleased? I'll admit to you, I'm doubly pleased. I am glad that he is approaching it. I'm glad that he will be uh, casting a vote on the nominee. I I hope that he finds uh, the the nominee meritorious, sufficient to cast a supporting vote. Uh, But I'm also encouraged by his rationale. Uh, That illustration I've given now a number of times of all the noise that is going to be flung back and forth uh, by the various sides. Uh, We do have uh, a North Star. We have a compass that guides us and uh, not to sound too flowery, but uh, but the Constitution of the United States is uh, right now the end-all, be-all when there is debate and confusion and when there are insults and accusations being hurled this way and that. The Constitution is the North Star, and it uh, appears here that Senator Romney uh, believes strongly in that fact and that his decision uh, to, to support this process uh, is based in the Constitution. I applaud him for that. How did he come to that decision? I asked him this morning if he had had any communication with uh, Senator McConnell, uh, Senator Schumer, or the president, or, or someone from his office. I have not spoken with anyone at the White House, uh, but of course I did speak with um, uh, the leader of my party as well as other 
um, uh, senators in my party, and I've spoken with senators across the aisle, although not uh, with Chuck Schumer. Um, uh, the, de- the decision I reached, um, I came to uh, a couple of days ago, um, and it followed a review of prior Supreme Court nomination um, circumstances um, in election years. Uh, that review uh, consisted of both reading um, uh, journal reports of, uh, of prior nomination processes as well as the work that was done by my, uh, my own counsel. I followed up with the senator asking if he could tell us a little more about what uh, he said to Mitch McConnell. Here's his, here's his response. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to uh, describe, uh, uh, you know, our the communications of, of with others. But it's fair to say that that my Republican colleagues uh, uh, had had one point of view. Uh, my Democratic colleagues had another, and I've received obviously a lot of communication from my friends and donors and even family. Uh, so uh, lots of lots of points of view. Uh, but my decision was was based um, not upon the uh, the the uh, points of view of others, but instead upon the uh, analysis of our uh, historic uh, precedent. That's a, that's a good attitude to have. And I'm glad that's the case. That gets back to that same point I've been uh, repeating over and over. Uh, there is both the Constitution and precedent to help uh, steer your decision and your attitude on this. Before I go to break, I want to play for you one last comment uh, that came via uh, this this phone call this morning between myself, a few other members of the media, and Senator Romney. Uh, the senator was asked uh, about his thoughts on how this might impact precedents set by Roe v. Wade. And it was asked, is it your hope, Senator Romney, uh, that a court like this might roll back some of what was put in place by Roe v. Wade? I, I'm going to I'm going to uh, let that be considered by the the justices of the court, uh, and and will not um, uh, make that decision for them. I have, however, long said that that I would have preferred to see uh, Roe v. Wade uh, uh, instead um, uh, allow the states to reach their own decisions on abortion law, as opposed to a a federal uh, mandate. Uh, that's my preference, but I'm not a Supreme Court uh, a justice, and I'm um, pretty confident I never will be. <laughs> pretty confident I never will be. I wonder if that'll be the case for Mike Lee. Mike Lee's a young man. Uh, he may find himself uh, on the Supreme Court someday. Uh, arguably, he uh, should be there right now. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we return for the final segment of today's program, we will be speaking to a hero. We will be speaking to a hero who led heroes to Oregon to lend a hand and help people who are in need. Wade Russell is my guest, leader of Task Force One, recently returned from the fires in Oregon. We'll get some stories and some heroism next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.